Welcome to MD Notified, a pediatrics podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sufchuk, and today I wanted to continue our discussion on shunting. This episode is a follow-up episode to last week's episode, so if you haven't, go ahead and listen to that. Last week, we talked about shunting as a whole with Dr. Megan Simpson, who is a future pediatric cardiologist, and we kind of discussed what shunting is and how it pertains to cardiac physiology. And so this week, I wanted to delve into a little bit more about shunting, but with a focus on pulmonary physiology. So I think shunting overall is kind of a confusing word. We use it a lot in the hospital, and it can mean a lot of different things. So as we talked about last week, what shunting really means at its core is just abnormal blood flow and blood sort of flowing in a direction that we don't necessarily want it to go. And as you can imagine, that's fairly vague. We talked about cardiac shunts last week and how blood can flow in all sorts of directions within the heart um, and within the cardiac vasculature. And those can be directions that we don't necessarily want it to go. Um, And the same thing is true in the lungs. But the difference is, is that when we think about shunting from a pulmonary standpoint, what we're really talking about is what we call VQ mismatch. V in that equation stands for ventilation, and Q stands for perfusion. And so when we talk about shunting in the lungs, what we are really referring to is a mismatch between the ability of the lungs to ventilate and the ability of your body to perfuse areas of the lungs in order to create oxygenation in the most efficient way possible. The classic example of pulmonary shunting in pediatric patients, and really one that we see quite a bit, is shunting after albuterol administration. And so I wanted to kind of start off with that as an example of pulmonary shunting and sort of use that to explain what it is and how we think about it. So let's take this example of a patient with asthma. We know that the pathophysiology of asthma is smooth muscle constriction within the airways of the patient. And that smooth muscle constriction narrows the diameter of the airway and causes problems with ventilation meaning it's harder for the patient to get air in, and it's particularly hard in asthma to get the air that you've already breathed in back out. So they have prolonged expiratory phase. When a patient with asthma develops an asthma attack, that constriction doesn't happen totally evenly across the lungs. So there are areas of the lungs that have more atelectasis, and there are areas of the lungs that have less atelectasis. So let's pick an arbitrary number to describe the area of the lung that's atelectatic. Let's say about 20% of your lungs, and I'm just making this number up, has atelectasis during this imaginary child's asthma attack, and 80% of the lungs are fairly okay. The way that your body is going to compensate for that loss of 20% of the alveoli is your body will constrict your pulmonary vasculature in order to redirect blood flow to the areas of the lung that are getting ventilated. So in those, in that 20% of the lung alveoli, the ones that are really, really the most severely kind of cut off from good quality ventilation, 
those pulmonary vascular beds are going to become much more vasoconstricted. And the purpose of that is to compensate and for the body to direct most of the blood flow towards the areas of the lung that are actually getting ventilated. So this is how your body compensates for that VQ mismatch that occurs in that asthma exacerbation. The problem with this, and this is where this concept of shunting kind of comes in, is that when you give this patient with this asthma exacerbation albuterol, you pop back open all of that area of lung tissue that was not previously getting ventilated, right? Because albuterol is going to relax those smooth muscles in the lung, and air is going to be able to flow a lot more freely to that, say, 20% of the lung tissue that was not previously getting ventilated well. So now we have airflow and oxygen is going to those, what were previously dead, kind of dead spaces in the lung. And this is good because that's what we want, but your body doesn't immediately return back to normal. Those vascular beds are still very vasoconstricted. So then you've created a different type of VQ mismatch where you're ventilating areas of the lung where you don't have very much blood flow. And because you're doing that, um, those areas of the lung that were already getting good ventilation, less air is going to those areas because as your whole lung has sort of opened up a little bit better, more air is going to those spaces that have decreased blood flow. The net effect of this is that the patient can become transiently hypoxic after albuterol administration because more air is going to those areas of the lungs that were previously collapsed or previously not getting ventilated, and it just takes a little bit of time for your body to recognize, oh, hey, we're actually getting ventilated in these that 20% of the lung tissue now, and so we can actually vasodilate those blood vessels to help with oxygen exchange. So the concept of having this sort of transient state of blood flow that's going too much to areas of the lungs that are getting less air and not enough blood going to areas of the lungs that are now getting more air, that is the concept of pulmonary shunting. So if you are a learner or a medical student or a nursing student or someone who's in the, let's say you're in the emergency department and you have a child who comes in with an asthma exacerbation and they get their first continuous albuterol treatment. So albuterol run continuously over an hour. And after that, their oxygen saturation goes from, let's say, 96% to 89%, but they actually sound like they're moving better air. That is what's happening in that patient. That's the physiology that you're inducing with your albuterol administration. Just know that this is typically a transient change, and so that dip in the oxygen saturation, a lot of times if you either just support them with a little bit of oxygen if you need to, or just sort of wait it out if their sats are hovering in the low 90s, um, oftentimes those children will recover just quite nicely as their bodies sort of re-equilibrate to uh, the amount of ventilation that they're getting in their lung tissue. So this is really a short episode this week. I just wanted to kind of contrast this idea of pulmonary shunting with the concept of cardiac shunting that we talked about last week and really drive home the point that 
at its core, shunting just means sort of abnormal blood flow. But when you're a learner and you um, are listening to people around you talk about patients who have shunting, those are kind of the two big categories of shunting, either cardiac shunting or pulmonary shunting. And really what you're referring to is just what area the blood flow is a little bit abnormal. Is it in the lung vasculature or is it in the heart itself? So I hope this episode was helpful. Again, I'm Christine Sufchak. You're listening to MD Notified, and we will actually not see you next week because next week is Thanksgiving. So we will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to MD Notified, a pediatric podcast. References to the information sourced in this episode can be found in the Quick Notes outline, which is available on mdnotified.com. The contributors to MD Notified have no financial disclosures or conflicts of interest. The views, information, or opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals in today's episode and do not represent any other organizations or its employees. The primary purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. This podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. If you are a member of the general public and have questions, please make an appointment with your local board-certified pediatrician.